What a great God. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, all anybody who is regeneration here, this, uh, you should be back uh, in your class next week. That's what we're planning on shooting for anyway. So uh, you get to endure with your pastor for one more week. Be all right, though. Praise God. Luke chapter 19, if uh, you have your Bibles tonight and just want to follow along in the Scripture, you can follow along on the screens tonight. But Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, Jesus was had exited out of the city, and he looks back. He says, when Jesus was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it, saying, if... Thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace. But now are they hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. Shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Romans 13 and 11, Paul wrote to the church, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And so tonight, for a few moments, I want to talk about knowing the time. It's so important that we know the time. Let's pray for the message, the lesson tonight. Precious Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your mercy that we feel even at this time in this house. Lord, tonight, bless our hearts to receive this word in good ground. Let it touch us, change us, get us ready, Lord, to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word tonight. Thank you for the word of God. So thankful for him. So knowing the time. You know, time is uh, something that we cannot escape. Time is, uh, we, we live every waking moment uh, in measured time. We live in seconds and minutes and hours, days, weeks, months, and years. Right now, we just had a couple more seconds go by. Time is constantly moving. We keep up with time with clocks and watches and calendars. We celebrate time through anniversaries and birthdays. We record time, pictures, videos. You ever have a, open up your Facebook and your memories pop up? Memories. Uh, we complain about time. Well, that wait was just too long. Or we complain about it when it's too short. I don't have enough time. That's too quick. I can't do that. I don't want to wait that long. We time. So, but time keeps us on schedule. It keeps us accountable because things happen at a certain time. Your job starts at a certain time. School starts at a certain time. Church, that's a big one. Starts at a certain time. Start times, finish times, keeps us on schedule. Keeps us accountable. Some people pay very close attention to time. They cannot stand to be late. They will be early. They will not 
ever dare be late, they're going to be at least on time. Some people say, uh, you know, unless you're 15 minutes early, you're not on time, you're already late. Uh, so pay, pay very close attention to it, but some people do not pay close attention to time. They clock in late, that's why they get in trouble. They show up to school late, that's why they get a tardy slip, if they still do that. I don't know. Uh, unless you know somebody in the front office like we did when I was in high school, uh, you know, I, I always seemed to, I could come in at an hour late but have an excused pass because I knew people that worked in the front office. It was good to have students. I never understood that, that why they put student aides in the front office knowing all their friends were going to come get a pass, a hall pass, something like that. Anyway, uh, if you don't pay attention to it, it can get you into trouble. Our lives revolve around what time it is. It's what time I go to bed. It's what time I wake up. It's what time I eat. It's what time my program comes on. I don't know what time I have to have this done by. Uh, we must know the time so that our lives will run smoothly. If you just don't pay attention to time, uh, your life will be rough. You cannot grab time, you cannot hold time, and you cannot stop time. The only thing that you and I can do with time is either use it wisely or neglect it. That's it. God has given us time, and we either use it or we lose it. That's it. And as important as it is to know the time for all our worldly schedules and happenings and things to work out, we must also know the time so that kingdom stuff works out. Hello. We must make the most of it. Ephesians 5 and 16 said, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. The word redeeming means to make the most of it. Don't be wasting time. Don't be piddling Anybody, someone said, what is that? If you don't know what the word piddling means, uh, your grandparents never got on to you very much. Don't be piddling. Redeeming the time for the days of evil. Make the most of the time, especially in the day we live now. This is not the time to be wasting time. This is not the time to be ignoring time. This is the time where we need to be busy and focused on what time that it is. I want to redeem the time because the days are evil. We have slipped into what the uh, scripture says in the last days there shall be perilous times. We need to know that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse and, and we'll be trying to facilitate and help encourage that great falling away of saints from the church. Friend, we need to know what time it is. And so... Uh, not only, again, to make our lives run smoothly here, but so that we can understand what is happening in the kingdom. Jesus even answered his disciples. They wanted to know when will all these things happen or what time, how will we know the time? And he said there would be signs that they could look at, watch, and examine to understand what time they were living in. And I believe we're living in some of those times. But what we see in our opening passages uh, it starts out and says, when Jesus came near, he beheld the city, he wept over it. And just reading that again today, I've read it so many times, and I just thought, if there's anything that would cause Jesus to weep, it would be the fact that people did not recognize him when he was there. 
It is the fact that they do not understand the time that has been presented before them because he's weeping and he said, he's saying this, if you had known, if you had known in this, which is your day, the things that belong to your peace, if you just knew what I had for you, if you had just seen me while I was here, but he wept over them because they did not recognize him, they did not receive him, and they did not understand. Friend, how... How awful is it when we miss something we've been waiting on? Have you ever been waiting on, you, you know, you, you thought, hey, I heard this was going to happen on this date. and Man, I want to keep up with that because I don't want to miss that. And all of a sudden it's two days later and you realize I missed it. And you're upset because you missed a great opportunity, something like that. And, and so you're like, and it doesn't, it's not coming around again. You know, it's, uh, it was a sale or it was, you know, some kind of uh, thing that was happening and you, you just missed it. And it could have changed your life forever, you know. It's just, I, but I missed it. I just, I wasn't paying attention to the time. I wasn't watching the days. I wasn't, uh, you know, if this was really important to me, why wasn't I paying more attention? And this is what I think Jesus is weeping about is that because he told them, he said, you believe Moses. You believe the scriptures. Search them because they testify of me. You've heard these scriptures week after week, day after day in the synagogues, read over and over and over. You've studied this word and all these things, and and here I am right before you, and you don't even know I'm here. And just think about how frustrating it would be to them to know that we have been looking for a Messiah. We've been waiting on the Christ, and he was here, and we didn't know it. And that's why their hearts were hit so hard. On the day of Pentecost when when Peter said, this same Jesus that you crucified is both Lord and Christ. And it pricked their hearts. And now they're like, what do we do now? I don't have to go to that. I want to talk about this, how important it is for us to know the time. Jesus wept over them and he said, and because you missed the time. This was the people he was talking to there. He said, because you have missed this. Now they're hid from your eyes. You're not going to see these days again. He knew where he was headed. These days of me walking in your midst are not going to happen anymore. Friend, I don't want to sit in a church and miss Jesus service after service after service after service. I don't want to forget that he gave the Holy Ghost to the church so that the church could be witnesses. And that's not just all over the world, but it's in our present congregation, in our house, where we sit every Sunday, every Wednesday, and on Monday nights. And I don't want to know that I have racked up a lot of uh, sky miles in the church, but missed Jesus. Uh, Well, I've logged a bunch of time. Man, I've wore that seat out. I've been in it every time the door was open, but missed what Jesus had for me. I want to make sure that I know the time. Let me tell you, every time we gather together in his name, he said, I am there in the midst of you. I don't want him to be in the midst of me like he was in the midst of Israel and miss what he's trying to do in my life. I want to make sure I know what time it is. And he said, and because of this, your enemies 
are going to have power over you is what he's telling them. They're going to put a trench around you, compass you about, keep you in on every side, lay you even with the ground. Your children within thee, they should not leave in thee one stone upon another. Why? Why, why is that going to happen? Because you knew not the time of your visitation. People are losing battle after battle after battle because they don't understand that uh, serving God and living for God, being God's child is more than just sitting in a pew. It's more than just standing in a pulpit. It's more than just holding a microphone. Friend, let me it's more than about an organization. Friend, we've got to know where he is, that he's in the midst. We've got to know what time it is. That's why every church service should be full of signs and wonders and miracles because he's here. I want to know the time. I'm not talking about what time do we start service. We ought to know that. We've been going to church long enough. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, be here. Be here in the prayer rooms. You know why we say that? Because we want you to know the time. You'll always say come early and pray and, and come and worship when the service is going on. You know why we want you to be engaged in the service? Because I don't want you to miss Jesus. I don't want you to miss when he's nudging you in your seat, when you feel something spinning around in your gut because the preacher's preaching hard or the, or the choir's singing or somebody's praying and you feel something moving on you and you're like, wow, did the AC just kick on? Why am I got chills? No, that's the Lord. And I don't want you to miss when God's nudging you. Go to the altar. Find a place to pray. Let somebody lay hands on you. Go to the water and get baptized in Jesus' name. Hey, they're asking for the Holy Ghost. Go up and let them pray for you. Don't miss what God's trying to do in your midst. It's so important that we know the time. Oh, we worry about, oh, I don't want to be late to school. I don't want to be late to work. But do we ever worry about being late to church? A lot of people, hey, I was honest, a lot of people don't because it's church. Hey, it's okay if I walk in five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, they'll still be there. I have watched people who know we start at 12 o'clock walk in at one when we're closing. I'm like, I appreciate it, but you got here in time to hear say bye. And maybe something happened. Maybe they had a flat tire, whatever. I, so I understand things. But priority. You know, we, time and priorities are hand in hand. If your job is a priority, you're going to be to work on time. And you're going to work the full time. You're not going to waste time. You're going to redeem the time. Because, you know, somebody has got the authority to keep you or fire you but God's so good and gracious that he don't care if I'm late I want to know the time I'm in I don't want to be the reason Jesus is weeping hey I called you I put my word in you to preach it and I'm not hearing no messages I don't see you using what I gave you. It's just like the parable of the talents. There were two guys that received talents that got real busy. They did not know when their Lord would return, but they were not going to waste the time. 
Maybe he'll be back in a day. Maybe it'll be 60 days. I don't know. But when he comes back, he will find me doing what he gave me to do. But one guy just buried his talent and then went about wasting his time. And the Lord said he was unprofitable. I don't want to be unprofitable because I wasted time with what God has given me. And that's what Paul was saying to the church. He said, listen, and that, put Romans 13, 11 up, please, sweetie, if you would do that for me. He said, and that knowing the time, he's talking to the saints. Hey, you already know that Jesus has come, lived here, that he gave his life, that he was buried, that he was resurrected, and he's ascended. We know what time it is. We know that now time is headed toward the end. Now our salvation, he said, is nearer than when we believed. It's closer in time than it has ever been before. Even for them, we think, man, that was hundreds, hundreds of years, thousands, almost a thousand years ago. But, but it was still nearer. And they were just like the men who had been given talents. They don't know when he's going to return. And so knowing the time, realizing what dispensation we are in, it is time to awake, high time to awake out of sleep. We've got to wake up. He said, if you know what time it is, then wake up. Yeah, don't do, quit hitting the snooze button on your spiritual life. Quit hitting snooze on your church life. Look, you know what? I'm sure just about all of us probably set an alarm. Before we go to bed, or it's already set on our phones and it's just automatic. It's going to go off at this time every day. And when your alarm goes off in the morning, you know what time it is. And so what do you do? You wake up. If you hear your alarm going off, I know that it's 6 o'clock and I've got to be at work. At 7, I've got to wake up. I can't keep hitting the snooze. I can hit it once maybe uh, because, hey, I, I, I took a shower last night, so I'm, I'm good. I can hit it once. But you know what? If you hit it too many times, it doesn't matter how good traffic is. It doesn't matter if you catch every light on the, or get every green light on the way there. You're going to be late. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to be written up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you because you did it. You might get a ticket for speeding trying to get there, but you wouldn't have to have done it if you would have just recognized the time. I don't want to waste time that God has given me. I'm talking, and listen, I'm talking about more than just hours of the day. What time is it in your life? Hello, individuals, examine yourself. Listen to what I'm talking about. What time is it right now in your life? Because God's got something for you. God's doing something. I'm going to show you in here in just a minute. God's got something uh, for all of us. All of us have a time that he has ordained in our life. What time is it in your life? Where is it at? Ecclesiastes 3, uh, the first these eight verses here. Time. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's a reason. There's a purpose for it. There is a time. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. 
and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. All these things, a time, there's a time, seasons and times. And as time moves forward, even in our lives, some things come and some things go. Some people come, some people go, but every bit of it is necessary. It has a reason and it has a purpose. That's what he said. There is a time and a purpose for all these things. And so all of it's necessary because God is the master keeper of time. And he is the one who ordains the time in our life. He orders our steps. He, he, he knows the paths that we take. And so he, he is the one who orders things. And when things leave our life, don't think God was, oh, I didn't see that coming. He knew it. But he also knows if we trust him and we love him and we're called by him that everything that goes on in our life is ordained by him will work out for our purpose. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things, all things, the good stuff, the hard stuff, the stuff that makes you laugh, the stuff that makes you cry, every single bit of it comes from him, works together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Even when we are attacked by the enemy or attacked by our flesh or attacked by somebody and it feels like we got cheated that we lost something somehow it still works for your good because God will always give you back whenever you're wronged or you're robbed God's just ready to replace and when God replaces it it's going to be a lot better the thief come to steal kill and destroy he said but I came to give you life and life more abundantly I know he's going to wreak havoc in your life, and I'm just going to come right back and replace it. Not just replace it, but with something more abundantly. Yeah, you, in the life you had, it got demolished. Now I'm going to give you back life more abundantly. All things work. How does that work for my good when somebody stole something? And you open up that box that God gives you. Wow. How does it work for my good when that door closes? Then you see the door that God opens. But if you don't recognize the time in your life that this time is ordained of God, you miss it. And instead, you look at it as, woe is me, I'm so unlucky, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, and I'm just getting walked on all the time, and don't even realize that God is trying to set you up and bless you and take care of you because He loves you. You're, you've got to remember that when things are going wrong, you've You've got to remember that, hey, all things work for my good. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. When I fall, I shall arise. Come on, somebody. We've got to remember. We've got to recognize the time we're in and recognize the season we're in. Because if we don't recognize it, we miss it. We miss what God's trying to do. I want to know, 
sure what time it is so I don't so I'm not late for appointments and things like that, but I want to know what time it is in my life so I don't miss what God's trying to do for me. Because there are seasons and times in our lives and all things, all times, all seasons are for our good. Do you know what time you're in? Listen to Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. I'm going to show you that uh, God has got you in his mind. He said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, and neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Everybody is going to have a chance at what God has got for them. Time and chance happens to it's not you, you can't just start looking and say, "Oh, it's just the you know it's just the smart people that get to do that. It's just the the ones who who got connections get to do that." It's uh-uh. time and chance happeneth to them all. God has ordained a time in my life, in your life, in all our lives, in every single individual under the sun. He has given opportunity and chance. The gospel is going to be preached to every creature. He said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It's time and chance happens to us all, but we miss it. He didn't say you couldn't miss it. You ever heard, oh, I missed my chance. I've said that before. Uh, I, you know, how being being lazy and just sleeping in will get you? I, I have set cameras up watching where I hunt. And said, man, tomorrow morning it's going to be cold. It's going to be the perfect morning tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up and go. Alarm goes off at 5. I know what time it is. This bed's so warm. Just cut that alarm off. I'll hunt this evening. And then you get this little bing around 7.30. And the sun's up good. It's good enough light to see. And there he is. <laughs> on camera in front of your stand. And I missed my chance because I didn't recognize the time. I didn't get up and do what I was supposed to do. I know it's hunting season. I know the weather. I know I've hunted long enough. I know what kind of days are going to be good days. And I I know all these. And I know this. Plus, I know there's a 50-pound bag of corn (laughs) dumped out. And still, I think he won't come by today. Here comes Bambi's dad. (laughs) And then so I go that evening. And then all you see is Bambi. Or a squirrel. And you realize I missed my chance. We know what time it is. We know the life we live, where we are. 
Don't be like those people that say, oh, since the Father's past, you know, we've been hearing this stuff that the Lord's coming back. Don't be, you know, don't, don't get like, oh, I've been hearing all my life Jesus was coming back, and you know, I, I, I'm so caught up with everything else that's going on right now. I got time to, to focus on that. Oh, that's the only thing to focus on. That is the number one absolute thing that you should never, ever put on the back burner is understanding that Jesus is coming back to get a church. And you and I know the, don't know the day or the hour, but he said it'd be like a thief in the night. I don't want to miss the coming of the Lord. But I want you to remember that time and chance happens to us all. You will never stand before the Lord and say, but I was never given a chance. At least nobody in this room will be able to say it. Because you've already heard it. You'll never be able to say, I, I didn't have time. Well, oh, if God help us, if he were to ever say, let me pull you aside and, and show you this itinerary I have of just one of your days. Oh, that's okay, Lord. <laughs> I believe you. Because we know already how much time that we spend in pursuit of other things I'm preaching to all of us. I'm preaching to all of us. I'm preaching to the pulpit tonight. Listen, and the thing about this time and chance is ignoring the time, rejecting the time. It will lead to missing the time. You hear me? You can ignore it. You can reject it. And you'll miss it. I'll miss it. We've got to get it together. And realize that I am not just, uh, I, and I'm just not living for time. I'm living for eternity. I've got to recognize the time so I can make it to where time is no more. You hear what I'm saying? The, man, the writer in Proverbs said this. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 11. He said, go to the ant, you sluggard. He didn't say slugger, like you know how to hit a baseball. A sluggard. I automatically think of a slug. You know, the things we used to pour salt on when we was a kid. Ain't that awful? Just old slug. I mean, he's ugly and nasty and greasy and whatever. But we just like pour salt on him and watch him just roll up. Kids are terrible. <laughs> but we did that. But I, somebody older than me must have taught me that. I didn't just figure that out on my own. Anyway. A sluggard is lazy, slothful, just procrastinate. He said, "Consider, go to the ant and consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, no overseer, and no ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Consider the ant. She works because she recognizes the time that is and that there is another time coming. So she gathers food. So when there is no food, she'll have food. But the ant, without God or overseer, nobody to say, hey, get up and go, does that. And so the Lord said, consider that little old ant, consider her ways, and be wise. We have the Holy Ghost telling us, wake up, get up, get busy, 
pray, read, fast. Always leading us into truth. Always guiding us. Always uh, giving us that unction of the Holy Ghost. That the Spirit moving on us. Speaking. We have a speaking God. A God that we know, that we can talk to, that we can feel, that speaks back to us. We have all this. So what excuse do we have? So he says, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, and so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. In other words, you'll be like somebody who is robbed of everything they could have because you just going to sleep. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Just to sleep. Friend, I do not want to miss the time that Jesus is trying to work in my life. And hey, when Jesus talked to them, he said, it won't just be bad on you, it's for your children. You know, right? If we ignore the time that God has given us, who else is going to miss out? Who else is going to go without? Who else is not going to see what the Lord could do because we didn't recognize the time? We can't stop because time doesn't stop. I can't stop because time's not going to stop. Time is moving forward. And I can miss. So we always think that because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance that, hey, it's a no-lose situation. I'm okay. Man, you can be lost with all your gifts. You can be lost in your calling. The Bible says Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus, that he had obtained part of this ministry. But he still hung himself and he lost his life. So don't think, well, uh, if God called me to preach, you won't let me be lost. But if you're not preaching, is that the talent you've buried in the earth? Oh, he called me to be a prayer warrior. He won't. But are you burying that? Do you not recognize the time that we need intercessors praying for people? Hey, you can't lay everything Every gifting, every calling, every answer on one person in the church. If you ever believe, well, my pastor knows every single thing there is to know, I'd like to meet him because he ain't me. Because I'm not supposed to. Because I still fit in the body, in the place he put me. My calling is to shepherd. It is to be the watchman on the wall. And there are specific things. I stay in my lane. I follow what he wants me to say and what he wants me to do. But he's going to put helps in there with me. And so people who are supposed to be praying for people, laying hands on people, speaking into people's lives, helping them. Man, do you think that in a, a natural setting where there's a shepherd who has a flock of sheep, do you think those sheep ever provide help for one another? Yeah, they do. The younger sheep learn from the old ones. They, 
They, they gather around to protect. They do different things. They comfort. They bring comfort and, and companionship to, to each other and stuff like that. The shepherd's not all the way out there hugging every single sheep in the field. He got 300 sheep or something like that. He ain't every day, all right, everybody line up. Let me come out and hug every one of you. Because I wouldn't want one of you to get mad and run off because that's a whole other message. Where would I go? No, but sheep take, help take care of sheep and comfort sheep. And, and, and sheep make other sheep. And it's, you know, that's, that's how it is. But I want to make sure that I recognize what I'm supposed to be doing. Procrastination is killing our giftings and our callings and, and our time. And, it's, and the benefits of our time are slipping away. Procrastination is just killing it. Because it, we just, see, you know what the thing about procrastination is? Is that we're not even in the same boat as Israel was because he said you didn't recognize it. You didn't know it. But when you procrastinate, you know. You know the time. But you sleep on. It's like when Jesus told him, said, watch and pray. And he'd come back and they'd sound asleep. He said, could you not watch one hour? Could you not pray for an hour? And he, they'd wake up, he'd go off and pray and come back. And then one time he finally said, sleep on. Whew. I hope to God that he never tells me, you know what, just sleep. Just sleep on. Because what's going to happen is, he said, because now the time is here that they're fixing to take me away. So time's not stopping because you're napping. And time's not stopping because you're not ready to do what I called you to do. The church is going to move on. And time is going to move on. And God's going to come back just like he said. Oh, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss what I could have because I didn't recognize the time that Jesus was saying, this is where I meet you. I'm calling you. I'm trying to. You know, there's so many people in the scripture that they recognized it. Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, begging Bartimaeus, had never seen Jesus, had never seen a single miracle he ever did, but he had heard about him. He didn't, he didn't let Jesus pass by because he knew this is my time. When he heard, hey, what's all that noise coming down the street? I could hear people coming. Well, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus! Hey, buddy, you ain't blind. You don't need a healing. I need a healing. Who knows if he'll come by here again? I can't find him. I can't see to find him. Nobody evidently had taken me to Jesus yet. He's walking down my road, about to walk past my corner. He started letting them have it, screaming louder and louder. Have mercy on me. You know what? Jesus stopped, opened his eyes. He could have stayed blind if he had not recognized this was my chance. He didn't have to see. He knew what he believed about Jesus. And he knew this is my time. The woman at the well, 
after her conversation with Jesus, she recognized, is this the Christ? He's told me everything there is to know about me. And she ran off telling people, come see. I found him. It's the Messiah. She recognized the time. She realized, I got, I got to have him. There were other people, even people that were not Jews. The centurion had a sick servant. And he said, hey, go tell him my servant's sick. You don't even have to come. Just speak the word. He recognized this time. He knew this time. And they, they, these people got their miracles. They got their answers they, because they recognized, hey, this is my time. Sometimes you need people to encourage you that this is your time. Don't be offended by that. If it helps you get what you're looking for, why would that bother you? You know why? Because we hate to feel like, what are you saying, I don't recognize Jesus? You saying I ain't spiritual? I'm just saying maybe you're focused on something else and you don't recognize what time it is. Let's talk about a man in the scripture that was a leper, but he was also a great soldier. And somebody said, you know, over there in Israel, then there's a prophet. What's Naaman? Naaman, why don't you ride on out there and see that man of God and let him heal you? So he rides out. The man of God don't even come out, sends his servant out there to him and said, hey, if you'll go dip seven times the Jordan River, you'll be healed. Furious, upset. I would have thought at least he would have come out, had some kind of ceremony, something going on. He would have, you know, but and dip in the Jordan. He said, that nasty river, I'm not going to. Well, he was maybe about to ride off. You know why? Because he didn't recognize the time. And so his servants had to say, uh, Master, if he'd have said, hey, go do this great big thing, you would have been, you would have jumped on that because that appeals to your flesh, that appeals to who you are. You know, that would have, you'd have felt like that gave you honor for what you do, and, and you'd have done that. So how small of a thing is it really to just slip down to the bank and dip seven times and see what happens? I bet he went there with his lips stuck out. Probably cussing all the way to the water. Dip, come up one time. I told you, two times. See, even in disbelief, he was being obedient. <laughs> in obedience, well, that's better than sacrifice. And so, I don't believe there was a single thing better until that seventh time. Because he told him seven times. But I'm just going to see if you're going to do all seven and when he come out of that water the seventh time, I'm sure he was wiping the water out of his eyes, fixing to say, see? And he was like, ooh, see? And the servant was going, I expect a raise. <laughs> because sometimes somebody maybe that you don't expect can speak to you and say, hey, 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 man, come on, check yourself. Recognize what time you're in. So you don't miss your miracle and miss your blessing and right away still sick, still diseased. You know what? That disease would have killed him. Yeah, separated him. So I want to make sure that I recognize the time. Peter wanted so desperately to be where Jesus was at. Sometimes it may not be like the most ideal conditions. 
But he says, hey, is that Jesus on the water in the middle of this storm? If that's you, bid me to come. Come. So now, well, Peter, you know what time it is. It's time to listen. It's time to obey. It's time to let go. It's time to step out. It's time to trust him. He called me into a storm. Yeah, but he's in there. And if you want to walk on water, that's where you're going. (laughs) Got it? And Peter steps out and recognizes that if you just obey the word of God, you'll walk on water. You could get to where Jesus is at. Sure, he had a little hiccup in his faith because he began to put the circumstances above the word. Be careful. Our circumstances, no matter how scary they are, how mean they are, no matter what they could do to us, are never above the word. Once, once Jesus said, come, Peter could walk all the way to him to where he wanted to be because he said, bid me come to you. And that's where he wanted to go. It wasn't just about walking away. I want to be where you are. He could have got all the way to where he was by sticking to the word, recognizing this time. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to be afraid. And all of a sudden, his circumstances were bigger than the word. Forgetting that I had just walked maybe 25 yards. I don't know how far he walked. Let's just say 25 yards from that boat. I just walked 25 yards on water. I did not swim. I walked on water so many things we could do if we just recognize the time in Luke 14 I'm, I'm, I'm not much longer Luke 14 in verse 16 there's a parable about the great supper there's a, a man that uh, had prepared a great supper and he said he bade many and he sent his servant at supper time it was supper time tell them that were bidden come for all things are now ready but then they begin with all, all of them, with one consent, to make an excuse. Bought a piece of ground, must need go see it. I pray you can have me excused. Another said I bought a yoke of oxen. I pray you can have me excused. Another said I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came, showed the Lord these things. He got angry. He said, go out quickly in the streets and lanes of the city. Bring in the, the poor, the maimed, halt, the blind. God's going to fill his house. But he said, none of them that were bidden shall taste of my supper. He said, go tell them it's supper time. Tell them what time it is. A great feast, a great supper. Not just, hey, this is your next door neighbor saying, come over and let's have burgers in the backyard. This was a great man and a great feast, and it meant something. Jesus compared it to the kingdom of God. And so, but they begin to excuse themselves from great things, the things they could have had. And the Lord said, you knew what time it was. You knew it was there. You knew it was time to come, but you would not. Everything else was more important than that call. And now none of those that were bidden are going to taste of it. I want to recognize the time I'm in. It's not always the easiest thing. Sometimes there are things that we, we have to do to, to step into our time. But knowing the time 
Maybe it's time for change. Maybe it's time for something new. Maybe it's time for something to stop. Maybe it's time for something to start. But you and I, individually, when we're honest, we know what time it is. And if we know the time, then it's time to wake up. Do not sleep through your answer. Do not sleep through your deliverance. Do not sleep through your purpose. Remember, just a little slumber at the wrong time brings destruction and loss and robbery. There was a young man who was very rich, and he came to Jesus. Honey, you can come to the music. He came to Jesus said, Master, what must I do that I would have eternal life? So he believes that Jesus has the key to that. And so Jesus tells him, sell everything you've got. Give it all out to the poor. Take up the cross and follow me. And he went away sad because he had great possessions. But what would be more important than life eternal with Jesus. What could be more? Uh, the, yeah, is, would that just be easy to do? He didn't say it would be easy. He just said, but you can do it. And even Jesus told his disciples, said, nobody's giving up anything in this life for my sake or the kingdom's sake that you're not going to be recompensed. It's going to come back to you. But he said, but this is what, so he, this, this young ruler, he missed his time because of his wealth. And people are missing their time. Sometimes they miss their time because of relationships. Sometimes it's because of a job. I know of preachers, great, great men of God today that walked away from multi-million dollar jobs because God called them to preach. They could have played pro ball, pro baseball, pro basketball, contracts, things you know, all the things that would have come with that, they walked away from it just because the call to preach the gospel was greater. And so they left that behind. Oh, man, million, you know, million-dollar contract. I can provide for my family. I can take good care of them. I won't ever have to worry about money. Worry about... Follow me. Said bye to to the Major League Baseball and said bye to the NBA. Just let walk by. Just walked away from it because they realized that God has called me to something. The Creator, the Savior, the one who has the key to eternal life has asked me to follow Him. Hey, uh, there's some great, tremendous athletes in this world. There's some great coaches and incredible things, but ain't one of them greater than Him. And no matter what they're offering, that contract will never measure up to what you'll get by recognizing the time and following the Lord. Now, I can't tell you what time it is for you. But I can tell you that whatever time you're in, there is a God-ordained purpose for it. So don't miss what God is doing in this time. God is developing you for something else. You know, Think about Moses, what a great deliverer he is. You read the story, 
how he brought them out of Egypt, led them out, you know, brought them through the Red Sea, all that. But you know what he did prior to going to get his people out of Egypt? He watched sheep for 40 years. 40 long years on the backside of a desert until, hey, what's that burning bush doing? What's going? I'm going to go over here and see what's happening. This is something I see. I feel something from this place. Let me go and check this out. Moses. He fought it, wrestled with it. I'm slow of speech. I'm not a good for you. Surely you can send somebody else. No. And God got angry with him because I made your mouth. I did all this. But this is your time, Moses. And, And we don't get the Moses we read about without the 40 years. Those 40 years are what made Moses who he was. And so you got to recognize the time you're in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel find themselves in Babylon. But it's 70 years of God-ordained time. And they endure furnaces and den of lions, but they also are promoted They've got to recognize when is a trial of my faith and stand. Joseph, betrayed by his brothers, he's waiting on a time when these dreams are going to come true. Thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, lied on, thrown into a dungeon. But all that time was preparing him to come before the king. Daniel had time, or David had times where he fought lions and fought bears. But those were just times that prepared him for fighting giants. And it was fighting and killing giants that got him the reward of the king. All things, even the time that you're in right now, are working for your good. Let's stand together tonight. And I want to just tell you, in this last scripture I'm going to read before I open this altar up. Paul wrote to the church, to the Corinthian church. I know you've been praying, seeking God about things, situations. All of us do that. We've all got needs. We've all got things that are going on in our life or in people's lives that we know. We're praying. And you're wondering... Does God even know? This is what Paul said to the Corinthian church. I'm going to read it as an answer to us tonight. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, For he saith, that's the Lord. The Lord says, I have heard thee in a time accepted. I've heard you in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee or taken care of thee we're so busy wondering what wanting the answer we want that we don't even recognize how God is taking care of us but then Paul steps in and says behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation so I'm talking to somebody in here tonight tonight Now, this day, this hour, this is your time. 
This is the time where you need to come and find a place to connect with God so that God can begin to do the things He wants to do in your life. Don't say, I'll wait till the evangelist gets here this weekend. I'll wait till we have another revival. I'll wait till next year when Brother Green's back. No, tonight, now, this day, this time, in this house, in His presence, this is your time. This is your time to be healed, to be delivered. This is your time to reaffirm that calling. This is your time to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is your time to even go to the water and be baptized in Jesus' name. Whatever God's calling to you tonight, this is your time. And while she's playing and singing tonight, the altar is open. Don't sleep through your time.
Let's just lift our hands across the room and love him for a moment. Hallelujah. Just every hand lifted up. Just lift your voice to him for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this chance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. I'm so thankful tonight. Many of us have said in our testimonies that you know, the lives we lived <clears throat> we realized that we were just living on borrowed time that man God could have let us die I think of several instances in my life before I came to the Lord where we were in places where people were pulling guns and pulling knives and remember waking up at home not knowing how I got there car parked in the middle of the yard you know just still running wake up in the driver's seat the car still running just how did I get here you know my brother could probably tell you about some times some guys drug me in the house one night I didn't even remember getting home they had to just bring me home and you know there's so many times just could have the Lord could have said this guy's let me go but he gave me time because time and chance happens to us all. But I promise you, on January the 13th, 1993, sitting in that church, in that pew, when the Holy Ghost hit me, I recognized this is my time. And I made a beeline to that altar when it was time to pray. And I went to the water that night. I wouldn't, I, they didn't ask anybody want to be baptized. I said, can I be baptized? When you want to do it Sunday, I said, oh, no, tonight, because the Lord might come back tonight. I said, let's, let's go. I recognized that I was being offered. Despite of who I was and what I was and how awful I was, God was offering me a chance. And I'm telling you tonight, don't ever disqualify yourself because God offers that same chance to everybody. Don't ever disqualify nobody else because God offers that same chance to everybody. So let's tell people about this time they can have with the Lord. Tell somebody, encourage them, challenge them, take a chance. Take a chance on the Lord. God's good to us. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap and shout of praise in this house tonight. What a great God. What a great God. When you wake up tomorrow, just remember, this is the time I've been given Use it. Use it for the Lord. Redeem the time. This Sunday we'll have uh, evangelist Caleb Herring with us. I'm, I am looking forward to just an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this house on Sunday. And so come expecting, believing, take some time, pray for these services. Pray fast if you can for these services. Just ask God to do something specific. You know, just God heal, deliver, set free. Feel somebody with the Holy Ghost. Just pray specific prayers. Invite people to church for Sunday. And let's watch God do what he does. Amen. God bless you. You can be dismissed tonight. We love you in Jesus' name.